Hello, everyone. Welcome to Should I Play That, the podcast based on video games and the culture and industry surrounding them. My name is Rod, and here with some of my near and dear hosts, we've got James. How you doing, James? Yo, what's going on, Roddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well, man. Getting ever closer to that game of the year time. I think we only really have one, maybe one more normal episode until uh, that that comes around. So I'm really excited. Uh, I it's just I have too many games to play at this point. I feel like I'm going to say that probably every every time, every two seconds. But mm-hmm. I mean, still pretty exciting, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. We've come a long way from the days of like 64 where you had to wait for games. Now there's just too many to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nowadays they just release them and in, in, in basically early access and need 50 patches. Um, you know, that's not a shot at anyone in particular, but <laughs> But uh, if the truth if, if the bugs fit. You know? <laughs> let's just let's just not (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh and i've also got uh, subject t our mod for the twitch chat and and just regular frequent guest and helper really of of the show in general how's it going i am so tired this week has got me beat yeah it's been been kind of rough has it been like more of a a work thing or what's going on uh, it's mainly work stuff. Like the kids are exhausted, teachers are exhausted. We just that Christmas break cannot come any quicker. Yeah, oh man, yeah, right around the corner too. Yeah, it's crazy. This year is dragged forever, yet somehow flown by. Yes, that is exactly how it feels. Honestly, I can't believe we're almost at the end of twenty twenty. So, but also thank goodness at the same time, right? So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, at this point, we'll we'll just see. <laughs> oh man! So, if this is your first time listening to us, what we like to do is talk about what we've been playing for the past week, get into some industry news, and then conclude with a main topic. Today, we're actually going to be talking about um, some cyberpunk CD project red stuff. Uh, may not be what you're expecting, but um, as of the moment. As of the moment we're recording this, uh, the game's not out yet. It's maybe out in a few hours. Um, and by the time you're listening, it will be out. So you may or may not be checking it out at this point. But I do think that it'll be a great conversation that you definitely don't want to miss. So that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into what we've been playing. Subjects, what have you been playing this week? Um, I have been playing my usuals of... Assassin's Creed Valhalla, still chipping away at that. I actually blazed through a uh, main mission stuff because I was like, all right, I need to get some of this done. So got that one done. And then I think all day Saturday, I just played Pokemon Let's Go. I like lazed around and just played Pokemon Let's Go. And that was very relaxing. That's right. That's right. So you actually you talked about that last week, and you mentioned that you were really liking it at the start. Um, do you still feel that way now? Like, has it? How much further have you gotten? Have you have you changed at all as far as your opinion goes on that? Um, I still I'm still really enjoying it. There's like some things I've forgotten, like orders of events that you have to do. Like you mm-hmm. have to run into like. Uh, Jesse and James to like progress the story forward so you could get to a certain thing or whatever or get past a certain obstacle. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, I skipped one of the gyms by accident because I didn't do a uh, the Team Rocket at some sort of building or something where I had to like move the uh, one of the Team Rocket grunts o- away from the gym entrance. So I think I mm. did that, but I am. I've only beaten three gyms, but I'm like level 30, like, no, like around level 40-ish. Jesus. I I know. I think I over-leveled for some of the gyms. So I have to go back and go do (laughs) that. Are they still listening to you? I skipped it because I forgot the order of events. I was just like playing along. That's really crazy that the game just lets you do that even. I know. I, I figured it'd be gated by some type of psych story event that you couldn't do without. That's that's cool, but that's really weird. Yeah, I'm just dumb for like missing it because I just sat there Saturday and just played and grind. Man, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like whenever I was like thinking about it, I was like, man, they super streamlined like getting rid of grind basically with those raids to just get those XP candies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wish I had some XP candies because I just want to get some of these Pokemon uh, leveled up and so I could get their evolved form and complete that Pokedex. So we're and I'm not sure if we discussed this particularly last week either, but um, did you do you have much nostalgia for Gen 1? Like when, when did you get into Pokemon at first? Gen 1. That was my very first one. I watched the and. Or I watched the anime as a kid on Cartoon Network in the or it was either Cartoon Network or one of the Saturday morning uh shows like WB Kids or something like that. Yeah, I think it was WB. Okay. And then um I used to actually collect Pokemon cards too, but then my mom made me give away my cards to a neighbor. Uh, come kid, on, mom. And I was sad. Why why does that story happen so often? You're like the fifth person I've heard that happen to. <laughs> that is wild. Because parents were sick and tired of buying kids these useless ass cards and then made them give them to the kid or just give them away in general. So there's like a generation of kids that just got like a a box of cards. <laughs> yeah, mom's no Pokemon. That's, that's crazy. I'll, yeah. I can't remember if I had like a small tin of it or like like, was trying to make a binder. I can't remember what I was trying to do with him. Because I was, like, five or six years old at the time. Right. Well, I might have been. Like, between four and six. Because it was back whenever I used to live on a uh, in a rented house. Because my parents were poor. So, I think that's why they made me get, a, get rid of them. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's good that you're still enjoying Let's Go. Um, I don't think that's, personally, I don't think that's going to change very much because that game's pretty consistent from beginning to end. Um, you know, and if you're interested in the grind, there's more, there are more things to tackle um, after. Like the post game is is not ex- super extensive, but it's, I think I thought it was satisfactory. Um, but also, you know, what, what do I know? I, I Most Pokemon hardcore people will probably disagree with me on that. Um, but but I, I found it to be a really good experience overall. So yeah, it's it's good that you're liking that. I would like to see them do all the other regions by themselves with that, and just do like only the uh, like only Johto or 
Sinnoh Pokemon and not like try to combine the other ones if they want to keep that where you go in the grass and the Pokemon will pop up and fly around. Because I feel like if you start adding too much Pokemon to like those single games, then it's going to overload the system itself and run poorly. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested in checking out some of the ones that I missed um, because I played Gen 1 and 2 and then didn't play another one until X and Y. So uh, I missed Same. Yeah. Wow. That's a big that's a big chunk. Yeah, yeah. And and I hear good things about some of them, like I guess it's Diamond or uh I don't know, Sapphire? Yeah. Something I like that. Yeah, Diamond, Diamond and Pearl are some of my favorite ones. Okay. Yeah. See Black I'd be interested in was... mm-hmm. I don't know, like Black and White was interesting, but I wasn't a fan of the starters. I think Diamond Pearl had like mm. the right combination of everything. Mm. And Platinum okay. put it over the top. Yeah, see, I, especially hearing you say that, like, I would be very interested if they if they did a remake, a Let's Go style remake of that. Like, I'd probably pick that up. There are rumors that it's ha- it's coming next year, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. the like the poster ones of those was like Meryl, the blue water Pokemon thingy, mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot what the other one or Pichu, little baby mm. Pichu. Mm-hmm. I think those were supposed to be like the. Next two posters for to replace uh, Pikachu and Eevee. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Pichu is a pretty adorable uh, Pokemon, I suppose. But I don't know. Can he really? Can it really? Can it beat Pikachu? Can it? Uh, I've no. watched one of the Pokemon movies that had Pichu in it, and they were pretty fucking adorable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just baby Pikachu. <laughs> right. Baby anything is like more adorable. That's that's very true. That's very true. Um, uh, subject, you mentioned that you were dabbling in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Is there anything of substance you want to kind of uh, check in with us on there? Or is it just kind of same old, same old? Um, I got to fuck my first dude. That was great. As, okay. as playing a dude. So as that was you do. cool. Okay. Yep. You have to remember his name or he'll be mad. Are, are you serious? Polite. Do you remember his name? Who you fuck? Yeah. Well, they're like kind of twin brothers, I think. Oh and wow! They both like, have very. You just made a they whole both have similar names, <laughs> so you could get confused. Huh. Okay. Wow. So which twin did you get, or or is this like a twin magic situation? Uh no, you just kind of run into him, and um, he talks about showing you his plow sword, and so. Oh. <laughs> and right. you're like yeah let's go with the love option and so whenever you say yeah that was great and insert name you have to make sure you choose the right one because it's polite to do that you don't oh, forget wow. it's, a, it's like a game mechanic yeah <laughs> huh. wow but I, I literally didn't know any of this existed that's fascinating okay well I think it's got carried over from Odyssey because there's a lot okay. of uh uh, sex options, but it never shows anything. It just fades to black. Ah, that classic video game fade. <laughs> and then the weird music plays. <laughs> oh God, please stop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I always think of um of Mass Effect 3 when, when I think of that. It's always like the most awkward stuff in the world. Like, I remember playing that game in front of a partner and... Uh, it it was just I was just like yeah this is not like this is just this is video games yeah okay they, it's not it's not perfect 
I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Well, that's that's cool. I'm actually really glad I asked you for that update. To be honest, um, actually uh, about that, it, like, is there any sort of like, can you do anything with that? So, like, with you being in a relationship with with this guy, like, what does that get you, really? Anything? Nothing. Oh, okay. Just like just like an Odyssey, you just gotta fuck somebody. Oh, all right. Well, culture, man. Yeah, I don't think it does anything as far as I know. Okay. But um, so far, I'm really like an Avor. I think he's probably like one of my top three favorite assassins. Just from like personality wise, like he's not a dumb idiot who just swings his axes around. Like he's actually smart and thinks about like um like consequences and like what it means to be a king or how it means to like what kings do for people and stuff like that. He's actually really smart. Okay. Wow. I'm I'm I really like Avor. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear you say that just because of how big of an Assassin's Creed fan you are. You know, you practically know everyone. Um so well I didn't play any of the other like shitty two D side scroller ones. Oh, like I sure. played AC China for like a little bit. I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> I wish it was a full length like regular game, but it wasn't. They should put that on the back of the box. And <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I bet Perfect. there's tons of reviews saying that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, subject uh what else have you been playing this week? Well, we blazed through Game of Thrones Legends story mode. Wait, wait, pretty what quickly. Oh, okay. I was oh clever. All right. I was like, yeah. what in the hell? Yes. Yes, we did. Um Yeah, we played through Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer stuff. I said from like a few months ago that I was going to give it a shot. Whenever I got a PS5, I happened to get one and I transferred it. Made sure it was downloaded on my PS4 so I could transfer it over so I could get that sweet um, 60 frames per second patch. I think it's native 4K. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like the way it looks gives me that impression. It's very, it has a very clean um, image. So I, I would assume that's the case, but, um, but the 60 frames is the bigger deal and it is great. Like, I mean, who doesn't love playing in 60 frames per second? Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually really curious before I, I dig into it here. Uh, what did you think of our time like playing that? I think three chapters for each uh, part is good and concise. Like if it was any longer, I think it would have dragged on a little bit. But I, um, like the storyteller was like on point, no matter how fast you like blitz through it. Like, I never felt like he was like the, like the way that he was talking, he never talked over himself. It was always like nice and clean. Yeah. There were a few moments that we were, um, like if you go through the Tory gates, I think that's what they're called. Um, like a little bit too quickly, like you can skip a little bit of dialogue but there's not it's not like another line really that he's saying anything that he's he says is usually going to show up like on as a subtitle anyway so 
that's actually really useful. Yeah, I generally agree with you on that. Um, I will say that the after the first two story chapters, so there's nine in all, and after the first two, I was very worried. I was like, oh God, there are nine of these things because the first one is very much like a tutorialized sort of standard, okay, basically do what you did in, in the single player of, of the game. And so was the second one, except it was more around a, a base and of like operations and how you want to take care of it. Um, it And really, I, I was like, okay, well, is if it's just Tsushima, but multiplayer, like, I don't know if that's enough to really compel me for all of that. But from mission three onward to the end, I do think that they do a good enough job of mixing the objectives up to make it feel relatively fresh. So they are reusing a lot of assets, um, like environmental assets. Too. Yeah, no, they are. Um, and, and I do appreciate that. And it's very similar to the segments of the single player campaign where you are uh, tackling the tales where you know you're you're interacting with the more otherworldly elements of of Tsushima and it's the multiplayer is essentially that it's that from the aesthetics um from again even the narration um the overt narration of everything like it's it gives you those vibes that it's like a larger than life situation um and you know maybe not all of it is meant to be taken literally but I do find it to be pretty interesting in that regard um and and moderately challenging like on a few of the the occasions like the a few of the missions had some bits where we died uh, uh, quite a few times and we we actually had to like coordinate a a few times on things so Mm -hmm. that's always a plus i do enjoy my co-op experiences where i'm actually able to uh, communicate with my partner and we can just kind of roll off of that um yeah yeah i mean it 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 seemed fine for a for something free and something that they dropped like out of nowhere. I think it's it's pretty pretty good, especially if you like if you like Ghost of Tsushima just in general. If you really enjoyed that combat loop, I think this is perfect for you. Um, for someone like me who found it like completely fine, um, maybe not blown away, but like it's I enjoyed my time with it. Like I think that you can run through this, you know, once maybe even maybe twice um like i'm interested to see the the raid but like i also <laughs> i don't really want to grind much either so i'll have to find out like the exact parameters for that but um but it's it's a piece of content i'd be interested in checking out yeah we need to do that raid because after you finish all the chapter stuff you get that raid unlocked. yeah well you, it's it's like a destiny type of thing where like you have to be of a certain gear score or key level or whatever to enter oh, yeah. to yet in order to run it um now what we didn't do we did the story stuff but we did not do the the, the survival mode so we didn't get to oh. see oh yeah. yeah yeah that's where your levels come in <laughs> that's where your yeah. level ups kind of happen okay yeah so you know we might jump in or i might jump in and and check out like the survival stuff just just to kind of see like what that's about and also to see what the gameplay is like with three other people uh that should be that should be interesting but i mean yeah as it is completely fine completely cool mode that i think it's again very neat that they just kind of dropped it out of nowhere um clearly they were working on it for a while that wasn't something they just did in like one month but like it was it's cool that no one really suspected it um so yeah wasn't it dropped around october or something i believe so because all that spooky like the spooky atmosphere 
kind of really set it like for a perfect like play, yeah. multiplayer type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, and I agree with what you said about the length of it too. Like it, it's it does not overstay its welcome. We did it. We knocked it out in like one night. It took us like two maybe almost three hours i don't think we actually hit over three hours on that uh so yeah i thought it was it was good for what it is for sure uh, james you got your hands on it before and you were kind of talking about it um even on the show so mm -hmm. have you gone back to it um i know you really enjoyed it before yeah i went really hard initially for like maybe that first couple of weeks and i have backed off just because again everything is out <laughs> and it's yeah. so much to play but um, mm -hmm. I'm totally down to go back because I did not get to do the raid either. But um, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. So when you want to jump in survival, I'm here for it. Absolutely. I think it'd be fun to get back into that. Okay. Yeah, I will definitely. Um, yeah, the next things that we do will probably be survival related. So um, we'll definitely drag you in on that because I, right, I, cool. I would love to, to play that with you. But yeah. you can really start getting, getting into your builds that way. And uh, that's when the classes really come into play. But it's a really... I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's deeper than you would think. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Um, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Um, so the class system was something that somewhat surprised me too. Like it seemed at first like they were very, very similar because they could all do mostly the same thing. Like they could all shoot bows. They all had sword. Because at first I didn't know that's what it was. I I saw the samurai and I was like, oh, clearly the samurai will have swords only and maybe oh, okay i'm gonna go hunter that's what i did first because i wanted to be able to to shoot a, a bow that's what i was good at right. in, in the single player so i was like let me translate that over but turns out you can actually do all of that stuff it's really at, at least at the beginning it's the specials that distinguish you and i would assume that as you get higher in level um the perks do, truly do distinguish the classes i assume oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay but the the medic will come into its own the stealth will really come into its own you'll you'll see yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to add to that subject before you move on here? Uh, no, not really. I think everything that I wanted to say about it uh, has been said. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for that. And James, it's your turn, man. What you been playing? Oh, man. What have I been playing? Mostly, it's been uh, the waiting game. Waiting for Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> but um, in that time, I've had a lot more time to spend with uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. <gasps> I wanted is, to play that game. Yes. Uh, this is Ubisoft's, what, third game within a month? Or yeah, so? I believe like, that's their, like, major title within a month now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and um, it's been getting a lot of uh, Breath of the Wild comparisons, aptly so. Um, but I think what this does is that it takes that same premise, adds the, the uh, mythological aspects to it, but then the combat feels so much more different from Breath of the Wild. I think and that's what really helps set this game apart. Uh, so, oh, go ahead, Roddy. I, heard uh, you. I was actually just going to ask, um, is th this is supposed to be the old gods and monsters game that they announced from a year ago. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it's the same game. They just retitled it. Gotcha. Okay. I still like Gods and Monsters better. Mm. Mm -hmm. I suppose so, but maybe they needed something to spin a sequel off of. Mm. And then, you know what? I think that would work. That works a lot, too, because this game, before I even get into the actual game, is going to have two more expansions that have two completely different characters set in different uh, mythologies. 
Oh, that, that's okay. that, that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, it's like the one season pass that feels worth it because that that just sounds like a cool thing. Forty yeah. bucks and you get two different experiences. Yeah, yeah. But um, basically the premise of this game is you play as Phoenix, um, and they are stranded on the Isle of the Gods in a storm. Um, who is it? Typhon, the uh, the Titan from Greek mythology, has escaped. Um, drained most of the gods of their powers and imprisoned them in different states. And it's your job at this point to um, travel around the island and help four of them. Uh, Aphrodite, Hephaestus, Ares, and I don't know. I forget the last one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the um, this whole game is told through the perspective of Prometheus, who is telling the story to Zeus about what you did in order to get ready to help them fight off Typhon. Mm-hmm. So it has this kind of quirky storytelling back and forth. Um, like the two old Muppets in the theater that always go back and forth with each other. Oh, right. yes. That's kind of what you get here between Zeus and Prometheus because they are not really fans of each other. Prometheus so much as Zeus. Yeah, I mean, Prometheus is... Um... Prometheus is like doomed to be eternally tortured by Zeus, so I could I could imagine why you would feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's where the knowledge of mythology really pays off. But they also do a really good job of explaining that, mm-hmm. or, and just how these gods have relationships to each other. And I think that's another thing that they do really well throughout what you do in the uh, the game. You reenact certain bits of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Or you'll come across a statue dedicated to a certain event. And so Prometheus will Zeus be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time. That was when blah, blah, blah happened. Is it cutting you away like to these these two talking? Or is it like just voiceover as you're going through the world? It's just voiceover as you go through the world. Oh, okay. Okay. And so that really helps fill in the blanks about certain puzzles you may be doing. Or just understanding more of the, the world if, you don't, if you're not familiar with mythology or Greek mythology. Sure. Okay. And so this whole time you're on a uh, collect-a-thon collecting um, and health pickups and you're filling out um, vaults, which increase your uh, stamina capacity. So very much that same Zelda thing. If you go into the temple, you complete the puzzle, you get the orb, you take the orb, you trade it in, you get an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So it says that same formula. But the um, just the movement in this game, I think, really helps elevate it because it doesn't feel like a slog to get from point a to point b this is not the biggest ubisoft map in the world but it is still very large there's still a lot to do and a lot to see and a lot to uh collect and as you continue on through the game and unlock these abilities traversal gets a lot more fun a lot more fluid and then you can really start to just kind of take in the world and you feel like you're really in control and that's a really nice feeling in an open world game hmm and that, because that'll throw me off from a lot of bigger games. It's like, okay, I don't really want to have to make this trek, or I end up fast traveling everywhere, and I don't even get to see the world. Right, right. Which I do imagine is like the purpose of the like unlocking the fast travel points to get the player to do it because because it does this that's a good point because it does assume and ubisoft games in particular have this issue particularly assassin's creed the the bigger ones i have this problem of the world being so large you don't the designers do not expect the player to actually trek individually on foot each and everywhere whereas like you know 
you would want them to do that, right? Like you don't want them to rely on fast travel if they don't have to. If the world's that compelling. You want them to see mm-hmm. everything organically. Yeah. Right. What's the point of making a huge open world if it just boils down to basically level select? Right, right. That was one of the cool things, not to get too far off on a tangent here, but like that's one of the cool things about the um about Red Dead 2 um and and Grand Theft Auto 5 is like those random events that would occur like in the open world that would seem so organic to everything that you were doing because you didn't get those if you just fast traveled everywhere. So it does incentivize you to like kind of stay on a path um and and not utilize it as much. Yeah, without just being cheap and saying, okay, well, we'll charge you money for like fast travel. Because some open world games do that to like decentivize you to to not use fast travel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Didn't that that's actually really an interesting point, not to get too far oh, off. No, good. Go for it. Yeah. If, if, um, but let's see. I'm just really enjoying it now. I've spent a lot more time just doing the collection phase, clearing out the vaults and trying to upgrade my character. Because at first I wasn't having the most fun, and I just realized because I didn't have the abilities to let me have the true freedom that you would want. Um, my glide was like just short enough that I didn't want to try and and um, traverse the world because it was just so annoying to be always out of stamina, always just out of stamina. But now that I've went through the uh, the effort to um to unlock more more stamina points and more health points and stuff like that, the game feels a lot more fun. So I'm I'm happy with what they built so far. It just takes a little second to get into. Right. Hmm. Yeah, this this seems like and I don't I've not seen a ton of this game. I've only looked at a little bit of it, but it, it does seem like it seems like a comfort food in a way. Like it seems mm-hmm. like you know exactly what you're getting, um, for better or for worse, and um and, and it's just kind of what it is. It, but I don't I don't think that's an inherently bad thing, um, really. And there's a there are you and I sort of talked about it before, but like there's there are aspects of this game that that look appealing to me. Like I do appreciate the visual style, um, and the puzzles are apparently like really clever and and mm-hmm. intriguing. So that's also nice to hear. It's it's nice if you know the comparisons to Breath of the Wild are cool, but like you do want something to elevate past it. Like if it's going to be compared to it, that's that's fine. But but it should have its its own identity, and it seems like, at least visually, it certainly does. And, and you sound like you're enjoying it enough to where it's like it's its own thing. Yeah, I think that the the character style is different enough. I think the uh, I mean, just like how the, the way everybody takes it, the tone of the game. That's what I'm looking for. The tone mm-hmm. is is different enough that it makes it set itself apart. It doesn't take anything really too seriously. It's kind of okay with just going to that wacky cartoonish approach and it fits the art style. Right. But I think that that's to the game's benefit. Mm-hmm. It gives it that charm. It almost, it, it reminded me of early 3D platformers. Okay. Like the mascot platformer kind of Ye- stuff. And I was like, yeah. everybody's much more free with it. And it's just, it embraces the color palette. It's really good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I don't know why, but it reminds me of, uh, when you just described it that way, that reminds me of like a crash or something. Mm-hmm. Something that's like I was very, thinking of banjo, banjo. Yeah, that's a great one too. Like, Something that's very like irreverent. So, Mark, uh, Microsoft, if you want to bring banjo back, this could be a cool way to do it. I I think this this format could work. I don't know why they haven't already. That's actually like super baffling. Like that's the one character like we always hear about constantly every day. He's in Smash, isn't he? 
Yes, that has to be something going on. Oh, man. There has to be. Yeah, but yeah. Rare's too busy making that other game that I want them that I want to play. Don't get Rare to do it. Get somebody, get the original team to do it. Isn't the original team Rare? No. Who no. is it? It's Okay, so it is Rare, but nobody that used to work there works there now. Oh. Right, okay. right. It's well, kind of like a bio situation. People to redo Mass Effect because no one's there anymore. Basically, hey, Joe Joe Staten came back, so maybe the the, the old banjo team could get back together. I think they're the ones. They're the ones that are making um ukulele. Oh, you're right. You are right about that. Yeah, and you know what's funny? They didn't even they didn't even release their second ukulele game the same the, like in the same vein. Like, isn't that game a side scroller now? Yeah, it's like a Donkey Kong Country kind of game. Right, right. I, I didn't even hear it's bad. I actually heard it's pretty decent, but um, switching the style is definitely interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like, in the age of, like, medieval remakes and Crash 4s, like, there's got to, there has to be room for, for these platformers. Ratchet & Clank is, is coming soon. Like, I don't believe that the character, like, the mascot platformer is completely dead. It can't be. Uh, yeah. I, I won't let it. fair enough fair enough um james what else you've been playing um so i had a little bit of time today i dove i dove into a uh, game i didn't realize it was on game pass called haven Mm -hmm. i remember seeing trailers for that game i think it was e3 yeah yep and i was intrigued and then i realized well i have it so might as well give it a download and see how it is yeah and Overall, I think it is a solid package. Um, I think that narratively, it's doing a great job. And I think that's what it set out to do, to tell a story first. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the gameplay could use a little bit of work, maybe a little more fine-tuning. Mm-hmm. So before I get into all of that, um, basically what Haven is, is a... Um, hmm, how would you even describe this? It's kind of like a visual novel with almost like a 3D open world elements to it. Hmm. So you you play as this couple, K and um wow, K and what is her name? It's such a simple name, like basic, <laughs> I don't hear it all the time. <laughs> I think of what? I'll look it up. Anyway, you play as this couple that are on the run from the government because they have a system apparently of matchmaking. Mm-hmm. Prearranged marriages, mm-hmm. and so they're like, "Nah, we don't want to do that." His name is you. Thank you, K and you. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, um, K and you are on the run from the government. They end up crash landed on this planet, and basically they're just trying to figure out how they're going to survive. And so you start out skating around the world on this thing they call Focus. Hmm. Um, it's just kind of like a I guess like the force, it permeates in all life forms. It has this bridge effect that they use. So you kind of grind on them like rails and you can use it to fly through the air. And this is how they travel from planet to planet. Okay. Um, and so they're scavenging up food. They're trying to figure out where they're going to go next. And basically they end up on an abandoned project planet from their government. So the story seems to be they're uncovering the mystery of what's going on while also falling deeper and deeper in love with each other. 
because they're, they're very much a couple and this is very much a romance game at the uh, uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead please continue oh and um and at the same time kind of like a survival game hmm. yeah it's interesting it's a I, good one. I i am fascinated with this for several reasons um so i saw this initially at i think either e3 or like i think the sony showcase showed this off um like in mm-hmm. July or whenever they actually unveiled PS5 and it was like showed up in a little sizzle reel at the end and I was like ooh what is this? what is that like that looks just right. from the 10 second snippet it just the art style looks cool very much like my aesthetic uh which may say a lot about me uh, but like it, it does because you know the first thing I thought of when I booted that game up <laughs> gravity rush <laughs> oh yeah 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 honestly and then i immediately thought of you <laughs> yeah because um k kind of looks like um cat a little bit um yeah so that this this is very much is something i'm interested in playing and it's also i'm also interested not even because of the visual novel aspect of it but because we so rarely get games that revolve around romance so mm-hmm. I find that concept just alone fascinating. Like the idea of a romantic um, game in general is not something that's familiar. I mean, sure, there's a lot of romance in games, but it's usually catered, you know, very like surface level, very loosely, you know, um, I'm thinking like, you know, we talked about Mass Effect earlier, um, Witcher, things of that nature. Like they're very much, they feel very gamey. I would feel like I say like nine times out of 10, those things feel very gamey. Uh, but this is like the whole narrative revolves around a couple that's already established. Like that's pretty cool, actually. Like, and it's not about them falling in love, really. It's like they're already in love. And it's just about how, like, I guess they they kind of persevere through this situation. Like, that's that fascinates me. I'm I'm super interested to play this game. Like, um, they even hammer that point even further home. As you do things like combat with each other, you have like this, I guess, relationship meter that builds. And if you get to a certain point, you can go back to your ship and you can celebrate. And so, like in this in this uh instance they just had a couple shots of some brew that they made right and then my health increased and our attack damage went up so it had in-game benefits right and then you can also earn points by making the right choices in dialogue Mm. and there's this like confidence system that I still don't quite understand how it works it hasn't really been explained to me but I keep finding prompts like so and so's confidence went up Mm-hmm. and so I, I don't quite understand what that means but i don't i feel like i'm doing more damage so maybe that's what it is mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it'll play something further down the line but it's interesting it's got a lot of different kind of concepts cool that we don't see a lot of yeah yeah i'm really glad you talked about this game because i was definitely interested as soon as i saw it was on game pass for december i was like "Ooh, this is one of the ones i definitely want to check out it's very cool very very cool okay awesome well thank you james Man, um, wow, got kind of really hype off of that, honestly. <laughs> like, I just like it's it's awesome when you hear about a mm-hmm. game that like not only are is someone actually enjoying, but like you just kind of get excited about the prospect of of playing it, um, especially towards the end of the year where we we still have games coming out. Like it's December, man. It's mid December, so <sighs> let's do it, man. Yes. I'm ready. 
Two more hours. We're in here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so with that, let's go ahead and move on into news, guys. And uh, today we're only going to talk about one particular news item. And it revolves around Nintendo. Um, Unfortunately, not the best thing about Nintendo. Um, To to my knowledge, um, and, and James and Subject, you will hopefully jump in please uh, at that at this because i think you guys have uh, looked into this far more than i have but from what i understand nintendo sent out a, a cease and desist demand um of revolving around joy con controllers that were supposed to honor a streamer named etika is that correct yeah he was like a he's a major just nintendo fan in general i think he was big into smash is that right mm-hmm. yeah and they were making custom uh, Joy-Cons for uh, Joy-Con Boys Forever. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and they're called Edicons. That was a cool name. Oh, that is such a cool name. Right? And so I think they weren't making any profit or profits off of it, I think. I think they were all going to charity and they still shut it down. Mm, yeah, right, I, or, I, that just seems. Hmm? Oh no, go ahead, James. You you definitely are more knowledgeable than I am here. I'm, it just seems that Nintendo is trying to protect everything that they can at all costs at this point. Don't really understand why. Like I understand that they have the legal rights to do it, but there are certain things you could just kind of be happy people are supporting your company at all. You know. Yeah, it seems like they want to make a profit on their terms, which obviously they do own the rights and everything, but like mm-hmm. they want to control all facets of everything, and especially with like one of the other things that they they've done was um there was a fa- uh, a smash melee fan who I believe uh, he quit his job, like his uh, engineering job, and created a online smash. Uh, I think it's a uh, like a ROM or something that had rollback netcode on it, and Nintendo they did not allow it in tournament form, and I. I don't know if they sent a cease and desist for that or not, but yeah, they cease and desisted the the whole tournament organizers and everything. Yeah, basically they were just trying to put together a Smash Melee tournament because Smash Melee is still popular all these years later because of this dedicated fan base. And so, since you know they can't compete in person anymore due to the pandemic, <laughs> they just figured, hey, we'll just play online. We can still compete. We can still do our own thing. But for some reason, Nintendo just hates the Smash Melee community and wants them to do nothing. <laughs> Not only do they hate the Smash Melee community, they're like, you can only... The only time that they'll allow for Melee to be played is if it's a LAN uh, event. No online, because Nintendo doesn't understand online. So, if it's not LAN, they're not going to play. And the thing is, like, I understand that you feel like it's a pirated game or something like that. And that very well could be the case. But who is playing Melee now 
that didn't already buy a copy of the game. Yeah, most pro, like all pro players have a copy of Smash. Like, do they need to like show them their copy of Smash? I don't know. And then, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to move on to like their Splatoon 2 pro scene or whatever. They were going to have a tournament, but some of the teams were showing solidarity for their Smash uh, Melee people by naming their teams in support of them. And Nintendo just shut down the entire thing for like, what are they doing? This is never um, this, this isn't anything like we've seen this forever. Like you guys were saying, like this is Nintendo. They've always done this. Um, they've done this with uh, most often with fan projects that occur. Um, they quite frequently cease and desist those, um, you know, the joke is like, Hey, never, they're the complete opposite of Sega in that regard. Sega actively encourages that stuff. A lot of times that's how Sonic mania came into play. Um, but Nintendo is notoriously protective of, um, of all their IP and it's just, and I find smash to always be a fascinating look at, like fandom versus like the the corporate um the corporation that has like you know their their vice grip around it like i it it's something smash is not something that developed how where it is off of nintendo's back alone it is like at least as far as the competitive scene goes like the competitive scene was was brought entirely around a particular community group of people and never really outwardly endorsed by nintendo specifically sakurai who has gone on record to say my game is not a fighting game it is a party game and and he has been very stingent on that point for literally years so i can't i imagine it's extremely frustrating for any smash community player um but also like not new like this been this has been happening for decades now like Mm -hmm. um yeah and and it they're never i don't really think nintendo's ever going to accept this um really because it's it's not the way that the game was meant to be played according to sakurai now people are well within their rights to enjoy the game however they want um but they just shouldn't expect nintendo to back them up on that well, what I find odd is the Splatoon 2 one in particular, because I think Nintendo, they were, uh, they were tweeting about that there's going to be a Splatoon 2 like yeah. tournament. Mm-hmm. And for them to cancel it out of spite for Melee was very odd on their end to cancel an event that they were promoting. I thought the, the pro players for Splatoon were uh, and i'm getting this from like secondhand information so if it's bad sorry but um but i thought the splatoon players were like not showing up to that tournament or saying that they were not going to show up so then nintendo had to cancel that's isn't that what happened no i thought it was because they named their like their team names were in support of melee okay you're right. But this was like last week or like this past weekend. So I can't remember like the whole details, yeah. but I think no, it was I something think, to that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right about that, actually. Um, there is a tweet, um, that pretty popular tweet, actually. I'm going to quote it 
really quickly here. It says, so the Splatoon community and support of the Smash community has 30% of the top teams in this weekend Splatoon 2 North American Open with team names in support of Melee and Smash. So what does Nintendo of America do in response? They canceled their live stream for tomorrow's finals. Slimy Quags- Quagsire says that. That's like 36, uh, 36,000 likes. So it definitely got some traction. Um, hmm. Yeah. I even saw a uh, a very popular or a long-time melee pro player retire because of all this. And there's like maybe a few others that are thinking of doing the same. Yeah. Which I think I know why Nintendo probably hates melee players the most because they're playing an old game. Like how's Nintendo going to sell copies of melee? Yeah, I think that's the point. Like, it, you're not going to sell them regardless. Yeah. So like, they want you to play Ultimate. Play okay, the new thing. People play Ultimate. No, I'm sure a lot quit of... looking at my Melee. Look at the new game. Quit looking at the old game. But it sold more than Melee. <laughs> I don't know. Every... Nintendo's what? just a... They're such a strange company. Like, even Square Enix is, like, promoting other artists like their work and going like oh this is awesome so glad you could draw or so glad that you're a fan of one of our uh ips or whatever like it just doesn't make any sense because i don't see how they get hurt from this at all i don't see what the harm is in having it exist yeah and i think that's probably the difference because my my counter argument to that was going to be like okay well you know, we don't see Capcom like openly sponsoring like Street Fighter two or three tournaments, anything beyond five. But but really, you're right. I mean, no one really gets hurt. They don't actively go after, you know, the community for those games. Right. Like they don't actively say, OK, we're not doing that. Or Namco doesn't Bandai Namco doesn't cancel Soul Calibur two tournaments or Tekken three tournaments or whatever. Like right. people the ultimate Marvel tournament a couple weeks ago, a huge right. one on Twitch. Maximilian hosted it and nothing. Right, Capcom. Like, right, and I think that that's the main difference. Nintendo gets active about like going after these these groups, these communities for for no real great reason. Because um, I mean, like on one hand, I like I I get it. I don't understand like the current like going after communities actively. I do get like the frustration probably behind you know okay we made this game like you know but also again people can enjoy what they want to enjoy so that's not really. I feel like nothing is really a good excuse there for that. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. And they're never going to change. <laughs> They've been doing this forever. Um, and I think the community in general, and I can't speak for Smash community. I'm not a part of it in any fashion. But I would I would imagine that they're just, they're not even really paying them much mind. They're going to continue to play Melee as much as they want. Um, which is good. Um, yeah, they will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we only had one item for the day. Um, it happened to be that. Let's go ahead and move into the main topic for for the day. And that is actually going to be revolving around CDPR, uh, CD Project Red and Cyberpunk 2077. Now, it's not going to necessarily be about the game or, or how hype or not hype we are about the game. Um, it's not really about that. Um, so... Polygon made, or they created an article. Uh, they had a writer um, create an article about the marketing behind 
Cyberpunk 2077. How how familiar were you all with uh, the marketing behind this game before we get into things here? Um, I only really knew of their like uh, new city streams that they would do or whatever. The night city yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that one. And then uh, just some of their like um, cross marketing with like either Xbox with their uh, Xbox uh, painted uh, cyberpunk stuff and then that uh, some PC parts or whatever. But that's about it. I never really looked deep into it. Gotcha. Uh, what about you, James? I would say the same. Um, I never really paid too much attention to marketing for this game because I was already hyped to play it when they announced it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I just kind of was already baked into it. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, those are both really good answers because honestly, I think that's most people, um, or at least a majority of, of the population. <clears throat> uh so Polygon wrote this excellent article. I'm shocked that it existed, uh, really. And it's about just just to be frank, it's about the the issues with um, the various issues, but this this one particular focused on the transphobia uh, within not just the game, but also the social media around like promoting and not even just the social media, but the active promotion that was going on with the game, whether it was posters, uh, online ads, or even, even contests like cosplay contests. So the, the root of the issue was this mix it up poster where there is an image of a woman with, uh, with a, uh, a penis on it. And essentially it, and it says mix it up. Like that's the thing. So it, the the inherent problem with it is that uh, this this poster, as written by um, Stacy Henley, who happens to be a a trans writer, uh, you know herself. Um, the 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 thing about this is that it it commodifies, as she puts it, it commodifies um, you know uh, trans bodies, and it essentially is not uh, really much social commentary because there isn't much of an end point to it. So it's not like that person has like a backstory that you could dig into or find out more about. It just kind of functions as, as uh, pure advertisement. And now this poster actually released, um, I want to say it was in 2019 um, mid year around E3 and uh and, and it came out and i remember it being a big deal i remember it being a, a huge deal and even before that it i remember seeing a lot of tweets from cd project red saying things like you know making like i identify as a a tricolor jokes and shit like that like it's it's like that sort of twisting of uh trans topics um now, none of us here are, tr- are trans, so we really can't speak specifically to um, that particular experience and, and what pointedly just hurts that community. But I wanted to take a moment to discuss this because the game, as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, is about to come out. Um, you know, we, you know, we may have one or two people on here talk about, talk about the game. Um, I think we would be remiss to do that and not put this criticism forward because it is very big. This is one of the biggest games of the year uh, that's coming out. And 
to skip this conversation to not have it is something that I am seeing a lot of. Um, and I just, again, think it would be a disservice to the show, uh, to ourselves, and to really anyone with any sort of empathy, honestly. Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure that we tackled this discussion up front before we said anything about, about the game at all. Um, so all that being said, I had a personal experience with this article particularly as well. It, it does talk about uh, fandom. And a lot of the the ideas behind this article has to do with the fact that the fandom is particularly toxic. When we talk about CDPR fandom particularly, there is a cult uh, behind it of a, per- a particular subsect of, of fans that uh, have latched on to CDPR. And that is going to be, you know, your your alt-right goons, essentially. The people who who really will follow things like Gamergate, like things things of that nature, things that are are meant to to destroy, to harm, um, you know, any marginalized voice, whether it's you know, black, trans, you know, gay woman, whatever it is, like um, that's who they are targeting. So I had a personal experience with this where I was speaking with someone about this article, actually not even this article because I hadn't, at the time I hadn't known that this article was out, but they were uh, really excited about cyberpunk. Uh, they were, we were asking, or they were asking like, Hey, are you excited? Like about the game? Are you going to get the game? And I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to really get it. I'm definitely not going to get it day one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues with CDPRs as a company. Like I, I wasn't a, I didn't love The Witcher Three. Like I thought, really, CD, CDPR hasn't like made anything uh, that I've truly loved yet. So that's a large part of it. But also, they are kind of reveling in this 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 uh, race racial and and transphobia uh, type of space that I just don't dig right now. Also, not to mention they're crunching their developers into mush right now, uh, and that really fucking sucks. And if you've been paying attention over the past, you know we've been talking about this for seemingly months. We've, I feel like we brought up CDPR almost every other month, but you know, there's a lot of issues there and I just don't feel the need to, there's a lot of stuff going on. As James has mentioned earlier in the show about a billion times, like, you know, there's, there's a lot to play. Something's coming out. Like things are still happening here. So, you know, I I'm, I'm kind of busy. I got my hands full. So it's not top of my priority list right now. So this particular person got uh, a little bit, upset at me uh one of the things i mentioned was that the haitian portrayal uh kind of bothered me a little bit um i have not seen a lot of media behind this game i've seen a little bit and one of the things that i have seen is of the voodoo boys which is a haitian gang uh who apparently so cdpr says that they worked with um haitian communities directly on this to ensure you know cultural accuracy what I've seen of that so far, and they have been snippets, so potentially out of context, but really what I've seen didn't really vibe well with me for several, you know, for, for certain reasons and, and similar reasons to how I've talked about Barrett in Final Fantasy VII um, remake or even <laughs> original Final Fantasy. Um, it's something that was very, maybe uncomfortable. And this person didn't like that. They actually told me 
to do my own research, uh, to do my own research, basically that I shouldn't feel the way that I feel and that this polygon piece is bad journalism. Bad journalism because the writer, this trans writer, did not or dismissed the intent behind the poster. So let me get something very straight about this. If you are a straight, white, cisgendered male, uh, you don't really get to tell other people who are marginalized what they can be offended by or what bothers them. Okay, so that's just number one. So I was already bothered at that point. This is, a, this is an individual who I was speaking with uh, who has a prior affiliation, not affiliate, official affiliation, but they have an affinity for CDPR. Uh, Witcher 3 is one of their favorite games of all time. They are just very head over heels in love with the company, in love with the game. This is the kind of rabid fanboyism that is incredibly toxic. Um, and this is the kind of thing that, as uh, as Stacey Henley so eloquently put it in her piece, this is the type of thing that CDPR has not um, disowned. They've not really come out and said anything about it. And they're a huge company. They're they're one of the most followed Reddit's or subreddits or whatever on on this on that site, and they are not fools, I'm sure. And I'm sure they're seeing absolute, excuse me, absolutely everything that is going on right now. They've even had to come out and apologize, quote unquote, apologize for a few things that have happened in the past, but then they turn around and go back to the same sort of bait over and over and over and over again. Frankly, I'm sick of it. Um, I think we watched it there, Roddy, hold on. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, I think hello? Kind hello? Of towards the end okay, of there that. you go. Okay, you sorry go. about that. Yes, I basically I'm just saying I don't know what the last thing you guys heard me say, but basically, um, I'm I'm essentially just sick of it. I'm sick of um, of the the toxic nature that that CDPR has continually just not stood up against, um, and it's it's unfortunate that the hype behind this game is it, it, people act like you can't be hype about the game. What I'm saying right now is not to dehype you for the game it's that i think that interfacing with a piece of media that is problematic inherently is there's value in knowing that it's problematic there's value in knowing that the thing that you that you're about to enjoy is uh where it comes from what what you're about to see and get the context from it because I'm, there are going to be people in all sorts of communities who are going to play this game it's not just white straight dudes who are going to play this game. It's all kinds of people are going to play this game. So in that, I think it's important to discuss these type of things. So I've been talking for a while. Um, and I hope it wasn't just been all word vomit. Um, I hope that there's been something of note here, but I do want to kind of turn it over to you guys to um, either address any of that or, or really like what your thoughts are on, on this. Maybe let's start with just like, where CDPR is for you and like does this change anything for you like do you not care like where where are you at with any of this right now 
Awana, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Um, I was, I was going to pick up this game whenever I get the next-gen consoles, because hell no, I'm not going to play this on PS4 with my fans running at jet engine speed. So, I was going to wait on this game anyways, and then, um... Uh, I didn't know all about the trans stuff. I think I missed that part, but that's kind of weird that, because uh, I know that they were like, hey, you could customize your person any way you want to. And there's like, it's not restricting you on what body parts are assigned to which gender or anything like that. So I thought right. like the level of customization for your person was probably, it's probably like the biggest thing I've ever seen in the game. Yeah, I'm really I want to interject here for a moment. Um it definitely that, that article, the Polygon one, I highly recommend you check that out because they she does actually um address that bit and says that that was as a trans person, it made her feel that she was being seen in some way. But then they turn around, uh, CDPR turns around and actually confirms that that pronouns are actually tied to voice, which is highly problematic from a trans point of view, uh, according to Stacey Henley, because um, the voice is something that is used as an identifier. And so if you have a lower voice, then they are going to use he and a higher voice is going to use she. And that's not like a true trans experience, as I understand it. Yeah. But the, the genitals part is absolutely correct. Like that part is definitely like more of a positive or on the positive side because you can you can modify that how how you want um yeah oh, so sorry I, go ahead so i wonder if just being devil's advocate how hard that would be like on the voice acting side to like try to modify for like different voice levels and stuff like that and try to like figure out like assignments for any type of like uh, pronouns or anything like that. Like even right. like for they, them or anything like that. Right. So I don't right. know since there's like so much customization and everything, I don't know how hard that would be in like writing that would change everything. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, who knows? And that those are answers that you know we're, we're not going to have for sure. I I do think that if they're going to go this far um, to sort of um, put these this sort of imagery up there to you know do the, the the pronouns tying to you know he or she or or they like you know I think that's small peanuts compared to like what they've done already. And it's not even like they put out a statement under saying like specifically to that community saying hey we understand like what happened we're sorry not even we're sorry or we understand or we even identify that this is even an issue they're not even really acknowledging it um and that's disappointing in a lot of ways um it's disappointing because this is a this is also a company that is known for like being quote-unquote pro gamer which i already kind of balk at that descriptor because I, I i i hear i hear that and yes they are you know drm free um you know they've got their own storefront that promotes that stuff like on its face they get goodwill for that 
Um, they get goodwill also for their writing in their games, which even though I didn't love Witcher 3, like I acknowledge like the writing in that game is generally pretty good. Like it's pretty compelling. The world building, great. Like it is a fun world to be in. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it, so that is also, that compounds onto, onto my disappointment that it just seems like they didn't do a good enough job here. Like this, there's, there's too many blind spots for me, for it to be a coincidence, like where there's smoke, there's fire generally. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, did you have any further thoughts about that subject? I didn't mean to continually interrupt you there. No, I was, I think this game does have DRM. Does it? Okay. I actually have no idea if it does. I'm but trying to I would find out about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, wh- while you look that up, uh, James, I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear what your oh, thoughts are. Oh, they put this CRM is- on the review codes. Oh, oh, right. Yes, they did. I think I was listening to the Giant Bombcast and they were talking about that, um, which what is odd. Sense? Yeah. No? Right. Well, it, it's odd to me that, like, just in general, to to hear that from a company like CDPR. But, but you're right, though. It, it makes sense in terms of review copies. Um, okay. So yeah, James, as someone who is absolutely going to play the game day one, like I'm actually really curious to hear like your perspective on this. Um, just as as someone who has like been really hyped because you've been hyped for what years, right? Yeah, it's just something that's always been on my radar. You know, I I understand how you could not be a fan of The Witcher Three. I don't think it's this end all be all of gaming. Mm-hmm. Actually, if I be honest, I think I might have enjoyed two a little bit more. Oh, that wow. was an ex- that was a it could just be like a fresh experience for me, but I do remember that time as being something that was like really cool and really interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, let's start with the the mix it up poster because I didn't notice anything about it until it was being made a controversy. Mm-hmm. So that if that helps put like where my head is when it comes to this game, I'm here for the game. I, I, it was an ad. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was part of the game world. Right. And, 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 and I, to, to add to, I didn't, it didn't hit me really immediately. Cause I'm not, right. you know, I'm not a part of the, that community. So it didn't hit me in that way until I had it explained to me like, you know, last year. And it was like, Oh, okay. I, that is kind of, that's fucked. Yeah. Now, it, what exactly was the issue with it initially? It says it, com- it commodita- uh, commoditizes trans bodies. Yes, yes, exactly. In fact, um, I'll go ahead and just read a quote from uh, Stacey Henley's article from Polygon mm-hmm. real quick. So, oh, actually, let me do you one better. So okay. the article does a good job of actually getting the side of the, the artist for this. And I'm going to go ahead and read from that. At the time... Some fans called out the imagery as exploitative, mocking, and transphobic, though CDPR defended the poster. I like how this person looks, said Kaisa Reduciak, the the artist who designed the poster at the time. However, this model is used, their beautiful body is used for corporate reasons. They are displayed there just as a thing, and that's the terrible part of it. End quote. Now, this is from Stacey Henley herself. I don't buy it. While a cutting critique of queer commodification might have been a part of the idea's nucleus, the outcome is a commodification itself, objectifying trans people as creatures of deviance, defined by their genitals and suitable only for sexualization or rejection. Okay. So I'm looking at that that photo now, and just the way that this is set up, 
I would have never grabbed that right. from this. I thought that this was a drink like advertisement because in the pictures next to it, it's also had that same can of Coke, like whatever this thing is. And isn't that what I, so I just thought that's what this is about. I didn't quite get how this had anything to do with trans people in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. So I, so maybe again, that's just me being who I am, right? you know, and not having to, not living through that or living with like in that community. Right. Exactly. So I didn't think, so I just personally, initially I thought it was reaching. Mm. That's what it felt like to me. The initial outcry, like, because the thing I hear is we want to be represented. Here is representation, but Mm. this is exploitative. Right. And my question was how, and it's like because she has a large penis and there's more to being trans than that. And I understand that. That is very true. But in a picture setting, how else am I supposed to convey this message of like making sure you realize that, oh, this person is trans? It doesn't have to be a bulbous penis. I agree. It could definitely just be a normal size. Didn't have to really show it at all. But if you didn't, would you go like, hmm, that's a female? Mm-hmm. That's a trans person? So I, I thought that it would have to be noticeable, right? Um, it w- were those your thoughts then or or now? Just so I'm I'm understanding where you're at now. Like, I'm I'm trying to understand it now. I guess that was where I was then, and I get why people are upset now. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, what what else? Like, what would need to be done here? Yeah. So it's representation. You are right about that. Um, the, the, the thing is, it's like, it's shitty representation. It's like what Barrett is to me, essentially. Like, it's a black person. Great. I love black people in my, you know, Final Fantasy games. That's awesome. But really? like, oh, I do. I do. I do. I actually think Zaz is a good character. I don't like the fact that he has a fucking Chobo, Chobocho or whatever in his hair. Chocobo, man. Chocobo. I hate that oh. he has one in his afro. I think that is the most... <laughs> fucking stupid thing in the fucking world and honestly I found, it, I found it so goddamn offensive i hated it but like like it's a bush like i hate that no no but everything else around that character is great zaz himself is a great character awesome mm-hmm. representation of black people outside of that one detail um barrett the complete opposite of that i feel like in terms of of appearance and tone and vernacular and just like how he carries himself is how I imagine like a room full of white people think black people carry themselves or, or or other anyone who isn't black. And that that's my major problem with that particular character. So the Mm -hmm. issue with the issue with this, this poster, and I understand what you're saying of like, Oh, well it's representation. Um, It is, but it is representation that is potentially harmful. And it is something that, that, that trans people have to go through. They have to go through being uh, sexual, um, sexualized at every single turn. And they're not really concerned about the person behind it, but only used for the sexual, uh, sexual nature of it. It is a very large erect penis that is very prominently displayed. Um, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole point of it is to, to be risque and, and edgy in that sense. I mean, mix it up. Like what the fuck does that, e- well, we know what it means, but like that, that is clearly only referring to, to genitals and you're, you're really reducing a trans person down to their genitals, like what genitals they have. So that is also very problematic. And so I hope that maybe clears it up a bit. I do understand how that it may be confusing, especially to a non-trans person, you know, uh, that is 
we're all going to be ignorant. Uh, I was ignorant like to, to this until I had it explicitly like I, something felt off, but I couldn't really put my finger on it until I had it explained to me. Um, and, and that is really the, the problem and taking that a step further, because if you, even if you look at this in a vacuum, like I, I do think that this is problematic on its own, but it's like CDPR decided to double down on this through various social media uh, posts, such as like, did you just assume my gender, bro? Shit like that. They even hijacked a, um, a, a hashtag uh, about, um, they were making a joke on GOG to, to play like something about PC games. Like they hijacked a, a trans positive tag. Um, mm-hmm. And they actually, that was what got the, um, the, the Twitter person banned or fired from their, the, from CDPR apparently is, is that it was like, won't be erased. I believe it's hashtag won't be erased. And that was something that was trending on, uh, uh, in the trans circles and they hijacked that and turned it into a stupid ass gamer joke. And that is all shit that is extremely problematic. So it's not even just like stuff in in the game. It's, mm-hmm. it's stuff outside of it too. And see now that type of stuff I definitely can understand a bit more. That I get. Like why are we still poking fun at this? Or or poking at it in at all? Like what's this got to do with your game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and I think and I mean they even went back to the poster this year. And did a cosplay contest with a a cisgendered woman uh, who basically said that she like once she got like backlash for this because that could have been an opportunity to like you know potentially turn things around potentially maybe even offer that uh, maybe some sort of like you know maybe have a trans person like represent you know this this poster like if you in a some fucked up way like if that's what they were going to do like okay but they chose an like uh, a a cisgender woman to do it and on top of that when she got backlash for it her response was that many cis men and women face acts of harassment and violence on a daily basis as well in a response to like oh well trans people have to you know they're continually de- or dehumanized you know frequently to, to violence uh, and that was her response so and she's her costumes are beyond politics, shit like that. So it's it, it it's something that is not a one off, um, and I feel pretty comfortable saying that this game has a lot of elements of transphobia in it. Like that's just what it is. Uh, and I'm not saying again that people can't go out and like still play the game, but I do want to say that if you do, if you are to recognize that these elements are in it and what you know we're we're saying with with our dollar um and, and that's just what it is now we can definitely have the conversation of of you know what is it to what is it really to boycott a game like is there ethical ethical consumption under capitalism that I don't think we're going to sit here and answer that like in in this podcast but I do think that they sometimes I think there is and sometimes I don't think there is like, you know, our dollar goes to a larger place, right? Um, our dollar goes to really a lot of the guys at the top, a lot of the guys and girls working on this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, the, the people on the ground getting crunched, which sucks. Um, 
But the really the only thing I ask is that people just understand like where this stuff comes from. Don't get like I think the acknowledgement is what gets me. It's when people say, "Oh, but there's not like this doesn't exist," as if they are ignoring the cries of a particular community that you know who are saying who are fellow you know hobbyists and in your circle you know presumably and you don't want to listen to them because you really like the company that is making a game that you've been hyped for however many years like that's not right uh and honestly people need to fucking do better so i don't know uh any further thoughts comments anything I, I was really interested in to like just kind of engage with you guys on this because it's been a while since we had like a conversation in this nature um right so it has nothing to do with like the game itself well it does but you know we're not talking about like oh is it the game fun like <laughs> real like real shit um that i think does affect people because i know i personally get affected by poor representations of black people uh, right. That is, that is something that I I immediately notice, and of course I am black. I live that black experience every single day, so of course I'm extra sensitive um, to to that. I may be ignorant on other things, you know, and I I try to be cognizant of of this type of thing. You know, I I want to know if there's you know misogynistic, transphobic, racist shit in my game. I would like to fucking know and be able to identify that and say, hey, that's fucked up. Um, have a conversation with people about it and get to the point where like, yeah, it does get loud enough to, to, um, to have. So definitely shout out to Stacey Henley for, for this, this, um, this piece, you know, she was not afraid to really go in on that. Um, and I'm happy that this got onto a platform like Polygon. Polygon's a pretty big platform. I didn't think that this was actually going to get written about, in in a major way, uh, much at all. I expected most of the media, the mainstream media, to kind of gloss over all the stuff and just talk about how you know good the game is or whatever. So I'm really happy to see that. Um, and shout out to the few reviews I did actually read that engaged with some of this stuff too. Um, like there was a, I think a Gamespot review and a Polygon review and Waypoint were were some of the best reviews I read for that. So definitely love when people are not afraid to engage with that. We should really just all be engaging with our media on a deeper level than just like, do we enjoy it? I think that there is, if games, if people want to consider games art, then you kind of have to do that. Hmm. So kind of I think yeah. the real, the question I have is, so what, I guess we weren't the people to answer this, but what needs to be done? Like, in is there is there an update that can be made to the game? Is there an update to how CDPR handles their social stuff from now on? Like what what needs to change? I think both of those things um, absolutely can and should happen. Um, it, I don't imagine these are things that are and if if the reviews are to be believed up to this point, nothing in the story really deals with any of that. And that's 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 the other thing here is that they want to go in on a lot of these topics and have zero substance to say. I was willing to hear them out on that and say, okay, maybe there's something in the game where they actually address 
like why this world is the way it is, but apparently they don't. I have not played the game myself, but what other people are saying from those who have finished it, they don't really engage with these topics very, very much. Um, and that's really disappointing. So to, to answer specifically what your question is, yes, I do think a patch could go out to fix some of this stuff. I would not expect them to, that would be awesome, but I would not expect them to actually, you know, patch out the, the voice stuff. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how much work that would be, but honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like that would be cool if they just went through and, and did it because that is something that is inherently hurtful and it would be awesome if they went back and fucking fixed it. Uh, but yes, a patch would be issued just some sort of acknowledgement on their social media, a whole statement saying, Hey, we know that there's been a lot of controversy around certain, certain, you know, certain elements, you know, here's what we're doing about it. Here's a, a fucking donate to one of your charities in Poland or something like that, which has notoriously terrible LGBT, uh, laws over there for that stuff. So like something, anything, any sort of communication, they were quicker on the epilepsy thing than they have been on any of this stuff for the past two years, be it the, the trans stuff or the racist stuff. Uh, they, they've been so much quicker on that, on that. It's fucking embarrassing, really. Well, you know, that could actually kill people. So there yeah. is that. Well, I mean, this transphobia stuff, it can actually, that has, has actually killed people. Like, okay, but okay, okay, on that, on that transphobic people, I, I really don't think they were playing, th- like, looking at this and going, you know what, now I'm gonna go beat up a trans person. That's, that's not a direct fault of them. I understand what you're saying. I completely get it. But, Changing the mindset of somebody is completely different than triggering epileptic seizures in your game. Somebody doesn't know they have epilepsy and they get to this game and then they find out the hard way and someone dies. That's that's completely different. My argument now why that's a, a bit more. A bit more. Priority. I disagree completely like the 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 attitude that CDPR is perpetuating with this stuff may not tell someone actively to go beat up a trans person, but that is the exact, that is the exact mindset, the exact attitude that's fueled this type of hate in the real world. That does have real world effect. I would not estimate for underestimate for a moment that that is not something that contributes to the type of violence uh, and sort of uh, harassment that that community has to go through. Not I 100% mention- agree with that. But like I said, it's not going to be an active thing. It's it, not going to go off. If I if I plug in my game, what's going to kill me faster? If I have, like, you know what I mean? Like, I get that. So I'm going to actually, I'll see if I, if, see if I can remember the, the lady's name um, who wrote the excellent cyberpunk review. Um, Carolyn Petit, Petit, I think it's Petit, doesn't have an E at the end, but I think that's it. So she wrote this excellent review, but also uh, on Polygon, and it goes into some of this stuff. She is uh, currently experiencing a shitload of harassment. Go on our Twitter feed. Um, check out the comments to this, um, to, to, to this, like this whole thing. I don't ever agree with, and I know you're not directly saying this, but it, it is kind of indirectly, it go, it's going in this direction. 
where cyberbullying is not real bullying. There's a really famous tweet of like Tyler, the creator, saying something like cyberbullying just close your eyes bro like something like that like there's a, a lot of people that, yeah. oh like yeah log off or something like that yeah like log off take a walk it's like fine right like it's not real bullying i disagree vehemently with that idea so uh cyberbullying is real bullying harassment online is real harassment mm-hmm. um it, it, they don't have to actively be putting hands on you but uh you know mental health is a real thing and it can affect real people so carolyn wrote this uh this amazing piece over at a uh, review of cyberpunk. She's getting continuously just shit on for it. And I'm talking page after page, after page, after page of just go kill yourself. Um, I'm not even going to repeat everything that's being said right now, but it is, um, it's not great. Let's just say that. So I, again, don't, I, I see what you were saying about the epilepsy, literally killing someone on the spot. But I don't really agree that that should take a higher priority. I think you could put both things pretty high on the priority list, to be honest. I agree. Like, I, I don't really agree. If you're asking about why it was so immediate. But why was this, why was this transphobic and racist material not immediate? Like, to me, that doesn't that does not correlate that doesn't track to me at least not to me like i see that and i say okay that's a company that sees what's happening again cdpr not not a stupid company not in the traditional sense they understand what's going on they're actively courting it that's the difference here that's the difference the epileptic the, the epileptic stuff is going to fuck with the money that could potentially fuck with the money and also get them like in trouble like federally um mm-hmm. but this this, this, all this, this, um, this horrid behavior that this, this pandering, Gamergate pandering bullshit, like that's not going to affect their bottom line as much, at least not outwardly. So that, right now it had like what over a million viewers on Twitch, maybe like an hour or two ago. Uh, the game's not even out yet officially and people are eating it up. So they're that's what they're concerned about it's the remember this is a multi-million possibly billion dollar company at the end of the day like they're worried about the dollar that's that's the real reason why they are so quick on the draw on this so i i they need they should have there's no real no really no excuse for not addressing it uh in any capacity up to this point i mean yeah they definitely should have I don't know why they haven't. I feel like it's kind of like the Ubisoft thing with like, it's like, it's a company wide uh, culture that is going to be, it's going to take years to fix rather than a hot fix to uh, some Caesar inducing, inducing uh, scenes. I think that's what the issue is here. I think it would probably be way easier to just take some of that other shit out. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get stuck on on the Caesar stuff, killing people. Like, that's awful. That shouldn't even be. I don't even know what the hell they're thinking with that in the first place. But, um, yeah, I, I just I don't think the existence of that negates the importance of not having the other stuff in there. That That's just that's where I'm at with it. Well, like um, I said, it's a, it's a culture thing with, within their company. They don't see it being a problem because where they live, it's, it's not, uh, 
they're not progressive enough in the LGBTQ plus yeah. area. So that's why I was saying like it's a culture thing that they have to change, but it's not going to be an immediate change that people would like to wish to happen. Yeah. I mean, CDPR has never struck me as a very progressive uh, company in that regard anyway. A lot of people like to point to Witcher uh, 3 in that. And a lot of people, as time has passed, has had problems with that game as well and its portrayal of um, of the women characters. Now, they have a lot that people like. People really love Trist and Yennefer and Ciri, and they point to them and say, wow, they're so strong. Uh, but having women be narrative figureheads for you know your title doesn't necessarily mean that like you're devoid of, say, uh, gratuitous ass shots or having all women have like their fucking uh, cleavage showing and like their chest, their shirts half open all the time and things like that. And the way that the camera kind of panders, I, play, I played enough of Witcher 3 to kind of see some of that stuff and the fact that there's nobody of color in the game. And people say, well, there's it's an old timey game and people of color didn't exist. Okay, well, you have fucking dragons in your game and you couldn't have a black person. Okay, very cool. So I just see things of that nature. It's really cyberpunk seems to be an evolution of, of the problems that I noticed with witcher games just manifested to this edgelord sort of like you know uh, gamergate type shit and it's just like not working for me and 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 it's really it's just disappointing that it exists not only that it exists but it just doesn't seem to have a point um, i'd be interested to know once people well, like once regular people get their hands on it as well uh like what they think but you know as of right now this thing is just it's just a bummer to me uh, that this that it's like this right now. Yeah. Like, I don't disagree with either side of what you guys are saying. It's just, like, there's only so much that we can do and how much they're willing to listen or change. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And, I mean, I think we've, we've got our answer on that for the past couple of years. Like... I, I don't know if, if I would not expect that from them at this point, they've, they've had some time um, and we haven't gotten anything, but well, any, any last thoughts on this um, subject T, do you have any last thoughts? Um, just well, on this particular topic? Not really. Cause no? okay. Because uh, you guys went into it, and then I was—I basically just skimmed the article, and like I didn't initially think anything bad of it. I thought it was just them, like with that poster. I thought it was like, oh, they're showing off, like you could do anything with the creative uh, character stuff. So I didn't think much of it. Whenever I first, or whenever I initially saw it, yeah. James, you have you have the last word for this topic. Mm, I echo pretty much how subject felt about it. That that was my initial thought. So, I mean, I I do understand if that is something that you know puts you off of the game. That is fair play to you. Um, we can all manage to do better in all situations when it comes to stuff like this and representation of and understanding each other going forward. And I really hope that. If not CDPR, whoever is deciding to make the next big game or everybody making games decides to learn from stuff like this. 
And maybe we have a more, better conversation with these different groups you want to have in your games. So then we know what should be and what shouldn't be. Yeah. And maybe take we can a, avoid stuff like this. I think it would take like a big, like culture shock change in order to reach that level for like everyone playing and not just like dudes complaining about like, why am I playing as a woman in a game or any of this other stuff that think they think they're offended, but it's really not an offensive thing. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Last thing, uh, last thing I'll say is that, you know, I hope that this conversation, if you've listened to this conversation, I hope that, uh, it, you've become more informed on, on this topic or really this game in general, I highly encourage you to check out um, the Polygon article that has to do with this. Um, it is really great by Stacey Henley. It's it's awesome. Definitely read it. And yeah, that is it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. That that was it, guys. We are under well under two hours. Go us. We did it. We actually did it for once okay so <laughs> all right subject what do you got for us for the end of this show um everyone stay safe during upcoming these holidays and hope you did well on your finals if you're in college if you're at work you can make it to the holidays i believe in you and if you're in school do well in school don't be mean. Don't be mean to your teachers. Or your classmates. Or your classmates. Or just anybody. Well, if they're being like a little bit annoying, just give them a little slap on the back of the head being like, quit it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, awesome. there's a uh, couple we, kids that could use that in my school. No, no. I know. No, we no, can't, no. <laughs> can't, can't hit them. All right. Well, James, what do you got for us? Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I echo that. Stay safe. Um, enjoy the rest of your holiday, the rest of your year, you know, I'm, we'll, you'll see us again next week. But in the meantime, in between time, of course, um, stay safe, wear your masks, wash your hands, enjoy your games. Perfect. Perfect. And as for me, if you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a shout to like a rating comment on Apple podcasts or really anywhere where you're listening to this. We're pretty much everywhere. Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, all, those, all that good stuff. We really, really enjoy it. Also, shout out to you guys. Um, as soon as this goes up, we already get listens. Like I'm already seeing the, the listen count go up. So I don't know who's got it like uh, just us on speed dial. But that is like really awesome. So shout out to you. Um, and yes, we also have an email address. Should I play that at gmail.com? Go ahead and hit us with an email. We may read it on air and we will catch you. Oh, and I almost forgot guys, Twitch um, in the future. We haven't been streaming on Twitch lately, but we may be picking that up again soon. Go check us out at twitch.tv slash S S J black rot. That's B L A C K K R O T. One K, one K, one K, two T's. Is that it? Yeah. yeah awesome, awesome. Okay. Thank you, James. Always uh, correcting me. I actually could not do it without you. Thank you, sir. Of course. Um, okay. Awesome. And with that, we're wrapping it up, guys. We're getting out of here. Stay beastly. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. Bye.